It's green for go, they're racing. He says go, he says ta-da. And Tiger Tara rolls away from them on the home turn. Here comes another big boil over. Equine athleticism at its best. The king is in the castle once more. This is in one race, the rest are almost in another post. She is a star with a capital S. It's going to be a triple treat, a miracle three-peat. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed history here at Menangle. What about that? It's getting right up on the sprint lane and it's going to bolt in. Good morning, welcome to the sprint lane. Paul Cochran with you. It's great to be back. We had last week off. Jess Watkins and Freddie Hastings. G'day, Paul. Jess. Yeah. My bad. I ribbed into you, Freddie, for not turning up to a race meeting a few weeks ago. I've got to take this one. I didn't turn up last week. It was on me. But you know what? Gee, I had a good weekend. I had my school reunion. What goes on tour stays on tour, but I hope. I know, you wouldn't have picked it. (laughs) Well, what goes on tour stays on tour, but what happens in this room goes out to the podcast, and that's why we've got Jared Alchin here, because, uh, mate, it's fantastic to have you on the show. Welcome. Yep, no, good to be. One of uh, of Australia's finest trainers, building an impeccable record. Um, Later on, we're going to talk about your journey from going from a, a... really credible driver into being one of one of the best tri- uh, trainers in the land. It's great to have you on the show. Jess, what have you been up to? It feels like forever since we caught I, up. I know, not too much. Just keeping up to date with the Inter-Dominion series that kicked off on the weekend and plenty of racing all around New South Wales as well. Been some good racing, hasn't there, Fred? Sure has. I've got to say I was thrilled at the performances of the New South Wales trained horses in the Inter-Dominion heats and and without going into too much detail, uh, in the first heat we, we produced the second, fourth, fifth and sixth horses across the line. In heat two we had the second, third, fourth and sixth horses uh, across the line and in the last heat we had the third, sixth, Oh, sorry, third, fourth, sixth, eighth and tenth horses. So in the main, really good points attained by the New South Wales horses. We didn't win a heat, but by gee, we showed uh, all and sundry that our horses are ready to perform on the big stage. It's about points accrual, isn't it, Jared? Really yeah. just getting through that campaign. Yeah, definitely. I don't think they want to overtax them early. So, um, yeah, I think the, they just look after them through the series and hopefully um, they'll be right on final night. Okay. Uh, Jess, uh, it feels like yesterday we were standing out literally right here. We were obviously a lot of the hosting for the Inner Dominion was happening. You were out there on track taking photos, Fred. You were calling it. It was fantastic. The atmosphere, obviously, there was so much uncertainty around Inner Dominion 21 last year because of COVID and, and what we were going through. We delivered the best Inner Dominion that's ever been, didn't we, Jess? But uh, <laughs> it just feels like yesterday. I know, I can't believe it's a year down the track and last year's Inter-Dominion final, of course, it was unforgettable for so many reasons, but our very own Jason Grimson and Josh Gallagher got the win here, which made it that extra bit more special. Wasn't it drama, Fred? Oh, the likes of which we hadn't seen in an Inter-Dominion. And, uh, you know, it's one thing to go through three rounds of heats and then run the final over 3,009 metres, but then to have to win it in the room uh, and or defend it in the room, it became quite the spectacle. And with the unprecedented coverage that we got uh, through, uh, you know, Sky Racing Central, it brought everyone into that uh, into that stewards room we all sat there transfixed on the evidence and 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 uh, the like and it was for those that haven't been in that environment i'm sure jared as good a driver as you were i'm sure you haven't been in the stewards room too often but for those like me that hadn't been in an inquiry like that it was really fascinating to watch it unfold was yeah no it was uh it was amazing that the people at home got to see that Mm. um me as a driver and a trainer like it's you're in there Probably too much, but it, um, yeah, we, we see it all the time and you know what happens, but for everyone else to get in there and have a look what goes on and um, it can be quite daunting in there and um, yeah, well, Jason and Josh pulled it off, which was which was great. Have you seen drama like that before at a, at a race me- a harness racing meeting, Jared? Um, no, probably not, not to that extent in such, such a big race, but um, yeah, no, I was wrapped for Jace, like he come up here and worked for me for... Oh, 18 months or so when he first moved to Sydney. So uh, to see him come out and do that was just amazing. And I actually think he's probably the one to beat in this year's Inter Dominion myself. So what you're saying is that you're the reason Jason Grimson won <laughs> the Inter Dominion. <laughs> no, 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 no. Give yourself a rap, son. <laughs> no, it was no. drama, though. Like, I, I, we had two photographers. Well, obviously, Jesse, you were taking photos and Menangle had photographers. I, I had two photographers working uh, for me that night. And I was sort of like, all right. One of you go there, one of you go there, because 
we're going to know who's won this race and we want to make sure we get that moment. We thought we had the moment when Expensive Ego won and we had the, the connections of Expensive Ego and we had Belinda out there on track. But then it was, all right, well, now we've got to get the photo of what happens next. There's some photos that, that we've got that we've kind of never really released of, you know, the, the, the look on people's faces as they're coming out of the stewards' room. And there's this fascinating little conversation going on as David Moran's walking out of the stewards' room and there's Belinda and Jason talking behind and oh, there'd be a fly on the wall as to what that conversation looked like when they're just waiting on what, you know, what the stewards were going to come up with on that verdict. So, yeah, fascinating night of racing. Uh, we wish... Uh, Hunts Racing Victoria, every luck in delivering that. But uh, good luck living up to the drama that that, uh, that unfolded here twelve months ago. So, uh, but tell you what, let's get into uh, into how it's unfolded so far. Because as we said, the Inner Dominion is underway. We've seen the first round of heats. They took place on Saturday night at Ballarat. And Fred, as you alluded to, the New South Wales horses have done quite well. Now, one of them that's done really well was Expensive Ego. Ran second in his heat, of course, last year's first past the post and, and the result was overturned. And I can tell you, now into outright favourite on the back of that, that, that result. Yeah, five dollars on tab fixed and did a really good job. I thought um, put, was put into the race nice and early by Luke. Sat outside and uh, whacked away stoutly. I, I thought his run was good, but uh, as you will allude, there were so many other good runs by the New South Wales contingent in that race. And I, one I have to say, I was thrilled to see, and we'll get to him no doubt in a moment. But my old mate Zeus Bromack, I thought he he did a superb job. But uh, there was good performances all over. Black Prince was in that race. Uh, Black Prince just keeps turning up and and um, and getting results when you probably probably when the price tag Jess is is at the biggest is when the Black Prince seems to turn up. I, I had a little bit to do with Roy Roots and the Black Prince in the lead up to last year's Inter Dominion. We did some publicity campaigns around that horse, particularly with Newcastle being one of the stopovers for that. I love the story of the Black Prince and how it came to be under Roy Roots's care and Paul Borg and and that, but. Cameron Hart took the drive, I think, from what I can tell. That's the first time Cameron's ever driven the Black Prince, too. For uh, fourth, good points at 100 to 1. Thank you very much. Yeah, I thought he went sensational there. He always seems to go around at big odds, and this series, probably respectively so, but he claimed vital points and went super there. So excited to see him line up again tonight. Well, Freddie, as you said, uh, Zeus Bromack second, uh, Majestic Cruiser third. Hey, Jared, Majestic Cruiser, look. We probably had a little bit of a question mark before Majestic Cruiser went to New Zealand. Just weren't quite sure where Majestic Cruiser was at. Went over there and was absolutely outstanding. And now to come out and, and run third in the first round of the heats of the Inter Dominion, uh, that's a horse we should be taking serious notice of as this uh, series unfolds, isn't it? Yeah, as I said, I honestly think he's the one to beat in the series. Um, you just look at them two runs in New Zealand, they were just both full of merit. Um, and speaking to Jace, he was pretty easy on him after that last New Zealand run and leading into the race the other other day, I think he'd only said he'd only give him one real good hit out. So um, I think he'll just keep getting better as the series goes. Tonight probably doesn't really suit him, been a mile. Um, I think he'll um, I think he'll earn good points, but I don't think tonight he'll you'll see the best of him, I think, probably next Saturday and then into the finals when you'll really see the best of him. What do you like about Zeus Bromack, Fred? Oh, just he, typical Zeus Bromack, just kept hanging in tough. He's a sort of horse, he, he gets better deeper into his campaign. He relishes some tough racing week in, week out. And we all know the, the arduous nature of an Inter-Dominion campaign, and I just think the horse is suited to that. And I, at $40-odd uh, at the moment, I... Having a piece of that, uh, just uh, you know, on spec that he can get through to the final. He earned good points the other night. I know the camp were happy with him. He settled in well down there in uh, in Victoria, and I just like the horse. He's just always genuine. He won the. Uh, who'll ever forget that uh, uh, free for all here on Miracle Mile? Yeah. take one in that horrendous <laughs> storm. Um, so we know he doesn't mind, uh, you know, doing a bit of work, and uh, I, I just like the horse. I just think he's a real genuine racehorse. Yeah, genuine favourite of the show on on uh, the sprint lane too. Mm. Out of Orlando, fourth just uh, keeps keeps getting it done. What do we make of Spirit of St Louis? Um, round sixth was the favourite for the for the series going into the first round of heats. Um, hasn't lost a lot of admirers. No. I think no. the way the race was run there, it just put him out of play. You know, he's out the back. They went slow. Um, he probably hasn't gone bad. They've gone quick up the back and he's made ground up. So I, I just think um, 
just forget that run and I think you'll get better as a, as it goes. But I, th- I think if any of the other Majestic Cruiser, any of the New South Wales horse that will love the quick backup will be Zeus Promac because he's a little fat fella and mm. I just think... Um, why did you look he, at me when you said yeah. that? <laughs> um, the, more, the more he races, the better he'll go. I think he'll just love that quick backup. Yep. Does, does running six leave you vulnerable, Jess? You've still got two rounds of points, and it's, it still comes down to draws and your luck in running, but I think with a horse of spirit of St. Louis' calibre, definitely not at all. He's still in it with a shot, and I think he'll still make the final. What did I say about Jared's good filly? Always forgive a good horse one Bad run, and uh, what did Madrid do? God bless her. Uh, and I think this horse, even though it wasn't a bad run, uh, and Jared's 100% right, the race wasn't run to suit. He ran through the line out wide. I think he's, uh, he, he, you'll see a better horse. What, what happens if Spirits and Laws is somewhere around that same position again tonight? It's not panic stations, but it's certainly, you know, you go through last year, he won all his heats pretty much. So, you, you know, he was always, it was never in doubt. But I think it is a bit tricky again for him tonight because yeah, he's, t- tricky he's draw. drawn a bit wide yeah. and there's a bit of speed inside him. So I think Jack's got a few decisions to make early there because mm. um, I, th- I think he, he needs to at least finish top four tonight, yeah. which I think he will. Yeah, well, fingers crossed that, you know, Certainly, certainly a good horse with with um, some serious credentials previously in the Inner Dominion. So, uh, good luck to everyone involved there. We saw our cast no shadow do pretty well in the third heat. Ran fourth. Um, AGS White Sox was third. Uh, Bundora and six. We had perfect stride and pitch perfect. Oh well, back Bonsell Benjamin probably a, an absolute forget job. You know, the, the defending champion will long, long way back last in that. Fred, what a difference a year makes. Yeah, just talking. You know, earlier in the podcast about. Yeah, winning the race in the room, um, 12 months on. Yeah, the horse, I think it's fair to say, probably isn't travelling as well as he was and um, he'll find obviously find it with a last placing. I think know. it's really hard when they're, when they're racing at that elite level when he, like he broke down after that. Yeah, that's right. And to get him back to that elite level, it's very hard. They've got to just be so fit and um, be mindful that mm. they're broken down. You know, they've been broken down. So it's just so hard to get them elite horses back. Bundoran just continually turns up for Amanda Turn, just always around about the mark for it. Yeah, it just does what Bundoran does. Um, and, and there's no doubt the sort of horse that can spring an upset um, with the right run, the right draw. Um, but, yeah, sixth again. And then you had um, – oh, I thought AG's White Sox went all right as well. Um, finding it a bit easier um, – since it's come over here and did win a race on a Tuesday. So it's a step up back to Inter-Dominion. We know he's been a good horse over many seasons, but I thought his run was pretty good on uh, Saturday as well. Yeah, I think that the um, the draw helped him earn mm, points there because points, he yeah. got across and was able to hand up. But um, I, I think I cast no shadow was in a little bit the same boat as probably um, Majestic Cruiser, you know. Like I'd say he's, he won the big race here and then... Jason went overseas and probably pretty easy on him. I think you'll see a lot sharper horse tonight. I think he's probably nearly And he's a fast horse too, Jared. Like you only got to look at his trial mm. at Albion Park that day when he when he went quick time and I think they'll let him let him run today and I, I think he's probably a good thing in that heat. Yeah. yeah. Well, good luck to everyone involved. That's the paces. As we said, New South Wales has been really prominent through the pacing series and well done to everyone on a, on a really good, solid start to the Inter-Dominion campaign tonight. Tonight will help frame how the rest of the series starts to take shape. So let's hope they all get around safely. That's the main thing. But let's hope some good results for New South Wales Pacers. Now, the Trotters, we don't have as big a presence in the, in the Trotters. That's consistent with what we've seen over previous years. Uh, we saw Phoebe Onyx and What's Up Majestic well back in that opening heat. Um, your, your brother had What's Up Majestic. Jared, any word from yeah, Ricky? He's, he's gone to the paddock now. Um, he's not going to go Won't around continue. tonight. No, he, um, he's a bit unlucky there he was in behind the leader, and um, Matty Craven just sort of punched up sort of into the sprint lane there a little bit, and um, Josh Dickey had to pull off, and he went from going to be in a perfect position to having to race outside the leader, which isn't his go against them better ones. He's a, he's a really quick speed horse. So, um, But, yeah, he did, he mustn't have pulled up any good. I'm, I'm, I haven't asked Ricky 100%, but all Ricky said was he's going to the paddock. He's already in the paddock. So. Yeah, yeah, that's a shame. Uh, special mention for 
our, our friend of the show and, and uh, Sky Racing uh, broadcaster Brittany Graham, she had a, her first ever Inter Dominion drive and she managed to come third with her horse who she speaks so fondly of and she spoke fondly of when she was on the show a few episodes ago, Majestic Harry, well done Brit and uh, good luck for the rest of the campaign. Now coming up, and we, and we mentioned Cameron Hart just before and I know that you, you, you deal directly with Cam a lot, Jared, but Cam's going to represent New South Wales in the Australasia Young Drivers Championship. Now that's back after a two-year break. It's fantastic that it's back. It really is. It's elite drivers right right across Australasia who are going to be part of that. We've got the best, of course, with Cameron Hart. He's going to go on and win it for New South Wales, we hope. Touch wood. But, uh, you know, he certainly goes in with some serious credentials so he also had a winner on Jason Grimson's uh, major Meister on that card. So great to see Cam getting some results down there in Victoria. Uh, what is it about Cameron that he can just turn up at, at tracks and deliver? I mean, we saw him go so well over there in New Zealand, as we just mentioned. Um, I think horses just run for him. You know, he's very light um, and he's, he's smart. He, he does his form good. He's um, he's got a lot of time to do it. He doesn't work, so <laughs> he's got a lot of time to do it. <laughs> and golf. Yeah, yeah so uh, he, he, he's right on top of all his form. And, um, yeah, they, I think more importantly, they just run for him, you know what I mean? He's um, very light in his hands and, um, yeah, he's, he, he sort of – sometimes I'll say to him, I don't know what you did that for, but it worked, you know what I mean? He's just – sometimes he'll think outside the square and just – does it off instinct and it pays off for him. Yeah. Mate, you're certainly in good hands when you put uh, C. Hart on your horses, I would have thought. So, as we mentioned, Inner Dominion continues tonight. Round two at Shepparton. Uh, Saturday is at Geelong and then the grand, big grand final next Saturday at Melton. Should be fantastic. And as we said, best of luck to every, everyone involved. Yeah, it, it must be the dream to be part of an Inner Dominion series at some point. Yeah, you know, when you well, when I was growing up, it was the pinnacle Um Probably still think it think it is. Um, I'm glad it got back to this format. I think they went away from it there for a while, but I like the quick back up into the week week off into the final. I think that's that's the way it should be run, and I'm glad to see it's back to that format. But um, yeah, hopefully one day we can uh, we can get one that's good enough to go around, and that's uh, something that we strive for. And what well, you get up every morning hoping to have an Inter Dominion runner in your barn. And, Fred, you're not a trainer, or, or well, you are an owner now, but you're not a trainer. So, what's it? What does it mean to you to have been able to put the soundtrack down and be the caller of the Inter Dominion series last year? Yeah, look, I, that, that happened to be my fifth um, Inter Dominion series, but my first in the true uh, format uh, with the, the three rounds of heats, uh, and also my first calling a Trotters Inter Dominion because the previous uh, Inter Dominions I got to call, we only had the Pacers uh, division. But uh, look, it's. It's a privilege. I've said it before, Paul. It's a privilege to call any of these races uh, because you're, you're calling the best drivers, the best uh, prepared horses, and the best horses as a rule uh, in the finals. Uh, but it, of any of the races, you know. So I don't take that position for granted. Um, it's a privilege, uh, and I'm sure all the race callers around the country that get to call these these good races, they all feel the same way. It's a privilege to go to work because you're calling the best of the best. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well. Racing was here last Tuesday. Obviously, we didn't have a show, as, as we mentioned at the top. Uh, we didn't have a show, but there were some, there were some um, really performances of note out here last Tuesday, Fred, that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, look, I just want to give uh, the Morris Camp, Lucky Lodge. Now, uh, they produced two horses uh, in consecutive races that both went around what we call free-legged. For those that aren't aware, they, they didn't race in hopples. Now, I remember and this is showing my age, about 1985 being at Harold Park and seeing a Peter Morris uh, trained horse, for memory was a grey horse, called Tandine run free-legged. And it was very, very, uh, very capable when it went around free-legged. Uh, Jared and I had a chat about another one that uh, Morrie had, um, which was... Franco Regent. Franco Regent. I worked for Morrie when he had that horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. So so Jared's got first-hand experience. And then it's a, another little string to the bow of uh, the, the Lucky Lodge team that they've done it with other horses. Uh, Avonova was a handy sort of claimer at one stage. It ended up running in an inter-dominion and, and top-class horse. They, they did it free-legged and they produced Dime Bill's last and wave the bill last uh, 
Tuesday. Jess, uh, both three-legged paces and both won. They're not scared of having a go. No, not at all. And it was a bit of an interesting double, actually. They were in running races. Mm -hmm. They both wore saddlecloth number 10. They both had Bill in their names and both from the Lucky Lodge team. So quite quite a fascinating two wins there. I can just imagine Pete would have been strategising this over there at Lucky Lodge. One night he would have said, you know what, Robbie, I reckon this is how you go about it. I could just see Pete doing this. Would he have a scotch and milk while yeah, he was doing it? Yeah, he's a good man, Pete. Good man, I, yeah, Pete. I love spending time with, with Pete. He, he's got a lot of theories on the world and particularly mm. on harness racing, but uh, he's one of the great men on the planet. Well done. Um, hey, it's Jared, just a heads up, it's become a real good luck charm to sit in that chair. Uh, Chris Geary was here for our last episode and, and he talked about he hopes to get a few more drives and he hopes to be more successful and you know, continue on the, the great form that he built up. Well, what happened? He went out and, and drove a double at Menangle on Saturday night. He had artillery and Jillaby Kung Fu, both at a price too, Freddie. Yeah, look, good to see Jillaby Kung Fu bounce back. Of course, a former uh, winner here. In fact, it was the first time the horse had won at this track since a, a Chariots win. Um, and artillery, uh, it swept down the outside to win. Uh, he's driving well, Chris, uh, getting getting a few drives now, I guess, while Jack and uh, and Luke are away campaigning interstate. And that's a, a trend we'll see with a lot of these young drivers getting a go because some of the big guns uh, that are more prominent on the, the premiership are, are down campaigning in Victoria. Chris stepped up. No stranger to the winner's stall anywhere. Certainly no stranger to the winner's stall here and he was able to get a few wins during the week. He yeah, said no, that, Chris. didn't he? Sorry, but he said that on the show. He said that sometimes it's just opportunity. It mm. might be a suspension. Because you, you, he went away for a bit and you yep. fall down the pecking order. It could be suspension. It's just opportunity and being able to get it. You've used him... For yeah. some of your leading horses, yeah, yeah. haven't you? He drove uh, my ultimate Ronnie in yeah. the um, Bridge Challenge, Bridge Challenge yeah. final. No, he's he's a really good driver. I think um, some you just got to be here for a, at a at a period of time. Like Chris will get to a stage where he's getting heaps of drives, and then he he's uh, he might go to Queensland for a bit, and then you lose them drives, and he comes back. He sort of goes to Queensland and down here a, f- a few times. He chops and changes a bit, but I think if he can stay put here he'll he'll end up getting a fair few drives because he's a very good driver and he he's um a bit the same as Kim. they really run for him but i think it's just as you say a, a lot to do with opportunity and um we're, we've got a lot of good drivers here and you just sort of got to wait your turn i was actually only looking at the premiership the other day i think the top six maybe drivers here on saturday night or in the, on the premiership table aren't here for the next few weeks mm. so you know it's going to give some others Creates opportunities others doesn't it a, a chance yeah, I would. yeah. and you Which, only need that little chance and it can kick on good bloke too isn't he jess yeah he's a fantastic guy and he also celebrated a birthday i think on sunday so birthday wishes to chris as well good looking rooster too well done chris <laughs> i hope you're out there listening to us mate well done because um you know, he was so candid sitting there where you're sitting a couple of weeks ago, Jared, and, you know, really opening up about did, some of the challenges. That, yeah. that when he does go away, as you were touching on, when he does go away, you lose that momentum yep. and it's he, he's hoping that he will be able to make hay while the sun shines and, and, and pick up those drives that he may have lost during his winter sojourn up in Queen, you know, yeah. Queensland. I was thrilled for him. He had a winner at Penrith on Thursday night too with R11 Art, so well done, Chris, really going places. Um, another friend of the show, uh, Blake Fitzpatrick, he had a double at Penrith on that same program. So as I said, Jared, well, it's, a, it's a lucky good luck charm sitting there and being part of part of this show. So uh, yeah, well done to Blake. Blake's a terrific driver. He's, um, yep. you know, like I think sometimes – he gets forgotten about a little bit with all the young fellas coming through, but personally, I think he's probably one of the best drivers in New South Wales. Um, he's one of the most competitive, and he's just a real horseman. He had one of his gallopers go around yesterday too at Taree. I noticed, and almost won, ran second uh, at a price, uh, ran really well. I noticed they they were sort of talking about it on the Sky coverage about Blake Fitzpatrick, and said, you know, you probably know this bloke from. Harness racing, so yeah, well done. He's he's uh, he's doing great things uh, right across the equine industry. Leighton Green had a double at Penrith for the McDowells as well. We've talked about Leighton before. Really, really super talented emerging young driver. Just on that double, Paul, both regional Breeders Challenge sheets. Yeah, uh, he, he picked up there. So, uh, or two of the Breeders Challenge sheets for for Team McDowell. So that was a nice. Nice little fill-up for uh, for those that follow late, and then Team McDowell. Yeah, he's a good kid too. He, he's yeah, so polite. He he's always wife. very, you know, very respectful when you talk to him, and has a, has a bit of a laugh. And yeah, I, I've got a lot of time for Leighton. He's a good fella. Uh, 
We raced to Goulburn yesterday. I saw David Hewitt. He had one go around. It was about a dollar ninety-five. It went round guilty party, but oh, absolutely smoked him. One by twenty-one meters. It was. Uh, did you have a look at at Goulburn yesterday, Jared? Um, I, I was out yesterday, but I um, I just caught the results. I um, I didn't see that race. I see it one by a fair way, but yeah. I, um, I see another one for young Sebastian Pilts. It won by a long mm. way as well, Shark Dancer. Yeah. So it's been going pretty good. Here. It was some good racing there at Goulburn yesterday. Um, Bernie Hewitt, he had a double at Bathurst on Wednesday. There was a, a double for Amanda Turnbull as well, which we you know kind of take for granted. But Amanda had a – she trained um, – sorry, we, we talk about the Turnbull name a lot. Steve Turnbull, obviously Amanda's dad, he trained St. Verin. And Isabel Ross, uh, she drove her 300th career, career winner, Jess. Yeah, Isabel's a great driver and I think she made the move down to Bathurst a few years ago from Queensland and she's done a great job ever since teaming up with Amanda. So well done to Isabel on her 300th winner. She followed that up pretty quickly actually. She had career winner 301 with Who's My Mother for Amanda at Parks on Friday. Now speaking of Parks and the Turnbull name, there were eight races, six of them featured the name Turnbull. Wendy and Jason teamed up for a treble, Freddie. Yeah, good on you, Jace. You, uh, he's a rooster supporter, so uh, <laughs> I always follow Jason's fortunes, and uh, he would have loved uh, being in the winner's stall thrice. He, uh, he, uh, he's very competitive and uh, a good, good lad, good sense of humour, and. Um I suppose when you support the Roosters, Jared, you've got to have a good sense of humour, right? I thought that was what was wrong with him. Thanks. <laughs> no, the loves, words of Jared, not me. Jason. Loves the chat too. He's uh, no, was, good man. Was, good man. You know, we see the Turnbull name. Yeah. You know, being so successful, we don't often mention uh, Jason and Wendy. Mm, so, mm. Uh, well done, guys. The treble is is a, a really um, great feat, particularly on an eight race card when you win in nearly half the program. That's that's uh, well done. Now we had a busy Friday. We, we're at Wagga now. A cool little story. The, the the winner of the first was driven by Luke Mully. Now, I, re- I had a look through the records because there were some people saying, surely that can't be Luke Mully's first winner. But it was. It's the first time he's driven a winner. So Luke won the, won the first. Uh, he's been driving since about 2008. Now, to clarify this, I thought, because people were sort of pouring a bit of doubt into my head, and I thought, well, I'll give him a call. And I had about half an hour on the phone with Luke yesterday. Great fella. We had a great chat. And he said, no, no, it was. It was my first uh, first winner as a driver. And he said, I've only had about 15 starts. Now, this uh, the horse that he drove has been sort of uh, like it had been in, in different hands. Cameron Ross had it here. Paige Bevan had it. Jonah Hutchinson. And so it ends up, he does, he puts some work as a, as a track driver into this horse. And all he did, he said, all I did was I, I, I took the shoes off the horse. And he said, I just thought... This might be what it requires," he said. "This horse has galloped more than it's more than it's actually completed races." And uh, he said, "Look, I wouldn't mind just having one drive on it just to see." And sure enough, it goes out and wins. So, what about his that? first ever Very first good. ever career winner. Yeah, well done, Luke. It was it was fantastic. He was he was chuffed with it. Bit of a three way go, but in the photo, he said, "You wouldn't see me even if I because I said, surely you gave it a claim." You know, it's your first winner's like you win in the Inner Dominion. He said, "No, no, I." I certainly didn't Yahoo like that, but he had Blake Jones and Jackson painting either side of him. So he said you wouldn't have seen him either. I said, <laughs> "Well, a tight finish. <laughs> couple of couple of pretty good scalps to uh, to take down for your first ever winner." Two of the the guys that we, you know, are pulling those big numbers mm. in bulk winners down there in the Riverina. So well done, Luke. I, I was really happy for him, and as I said, I had a great chat to him yesterday. And he said he's a listener to the podcast too. He uh, he. he he tunes in while he's out having a run. Did you think we'd be the soundtrack for someone's fitness routine, Fred? Well, we, us being the epitome of fitness, of course. What are you saying? Good nah. on you, Luke. And uh, just you mentioned Jackson then, uh, another winner just on his their sojourn up here in, uh, in in New South Wales. They won with Delightful Angel the other day, Jared. It's been a – I know it was a, uh, brought about by necessity with the, the terrible weather conditions and the flooding in that area, but, gee, it's been good to have, uh, you know, David up here and Jackson and campaigning horses. Yeah, well, we're good mates. Yeah. And um, that was good that him and his wife, Prue, they've come up here and they set up base for about six weeks. Um, they've, they just went home. They went home on the weekend and – I actually got Delightful Angel to train now. So, oh, okay. There yeah, so she's in my barn. She's in Saturday night. But, um, yeah, Jack and Dave, they do a terrific job. Mm. You know, they, um, they've got um, a really good facility out there. They've got a water walker and they've got the sand track. And, um, yeah, they, they just have them ultra fit. And um, Jack's a good driver. 
and Dave's a good trainer and their combination just works. Just works, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 No, it was great having Jack on. We've had good feedback from from the chat we had with Jackson too. Uh, double on that Wagga card for Blake Mickliff. And Brad Hewitt, he put three in a row there at the, the back end of that program too. So, you know, certainly certainly piling up uh, the winners there. One that we should mention, Chris Judd. He had his first Metro winner here at Menangle on the weekend too. So, well done, Chris. Um, you know, certainly been in and around the industry for a bit, Jess, and uh, it was great to see. Yeah, another um, horseman that's come up from the Riverina and he does a great job. I think he shoes a lot of the horses up at the barns as well. Working as a farrier, so a very talented horseman and good to see him here in the winner's circle on a Saturday night. Not I wonder whether Juddy listens to the show while he's going for a run. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think well, you've confused him with the, the great <laughs> AFL player who won the Brownlow medal for the West Coast Eagles and Carlton. Uh, yeah. No, nah, fantastic. Well done, Chris. Um, you know, we, we love sort of talking about these these personal milestones. Yeah, you know, we're obviously we're, we're in Inner Dominion week, but someone's Inner Dominion is their first winner at Metropolitan absolutely. level, you know, here at headquarters. So well done he to He does a great job. Everyone. He's very, very dedicated. All right, we have had a, a terrible year when it comes to weather patterns and, oh, and the carnage that it's caused across our state. Obviously, we went through it. Uh, we went through it here at... At uh, Menangle and, and the Hawkesbury region around Miracle Mile Carnival, as we as we mentioned before, with that horrific um, ordeal that we went through then. But oh, the last time we did the show two weeks ago, we 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 referenced what Yugara was going through, and we wished them luck. I mean, it escalated significantly, almost straight off the back of that. Some heartbreaking uh, stories that came out almost straight after the show. So if you felt like that, we weren't giving you Gower the sort of the the um, the significance or the importance that we we should have two weeks ago. It kind of emerged straight after we recorded the show. Um, we've talked about Jodie Greenhalgh uh, a bit and her family and the major contribution that they make to harness racing and running the club there at Yugara. Uh, their family was one of the hearts tit. Obviously, the and that Yugara town has copped copped it real bad. A lot of people lost their homes. Um, most of the town lost their homes. Um, you know, vehicles, possessions, we, you know, our heart goes out to them. And uh, some really horrific stories to see, Jared, about what people were going through. I mean, flood is just horrible. Yeah, no, it was terrible to see the footage on the news and on Facebook and all that sort of thing. It's just you can't, can't understand what they're going through, really. They... Um, I know we only had a minor compared to them, like just around the barns here when it flooded there. And um, you just, how quick it come up and we were trying to get the horses out and all that sort of thing. And that's only very, very minor compared to losing your house and your car and mm. all your possessions. It's just, um, yeah, terrible. Jodie was on, Jodie did a sort of a walk and talk through her ordeal with a current affair, actually. So it was a national obviously national coverage of what they went through and she talks about people being in the house and her son having to go up on the roof and you know just to escape it and sort of seven or eight hours stuck up on the roof and this sort of um 1200 meter wall of water just suddenly bang within 30 seconds just hit i can't imagine what they must have been going through but but yugara copped it uh cowra uh i know that the, the club at Forbes, Forbes a lot of people yeah. in and around Forbes. It just all seemed to cascade down the river system, didn't it? It was yeah. different places, regions were hit. And that's one of the reasons why actually Jack and Dave Kennedy come up for that yeah. six weeks. And I even know, speaking to Jack this morning, um, they still Jack still's got to get a boat to work. Wow. Um, it still hasn't gone down at their place yet. So Incredible. Dave's got to go and pick him up in the tinny and then um, drop him back to the back to the wow. wherever it is, I don't know. Um, where he drops him off and picks him up. So, um, yeah, it affects everyone differently. Thankfully, Jack and Dave and them guys, they didn't lose any possessions or anything like that. They've just, the roads are all flooded. But, um, yeah, them guys out at Yagera, it's just heartbreaking. Oh, it is. It is. Um, look, Hutness Racing New South Wales has, is there to help. Uh, there's, a, there's a process you can get in touch with like through the through the website all the details on the harness racing new south wales website about how you can he can apply for some help and some some funding relief to try and get yourself back on your feet morris logues and brett skelly um at harness racing new south wales are the key contacts there to 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 do that but that you know ring the office if you're struggling for a point of contact there and 
people are there to help. Um, I feel really proud. I, I know that we haven't as an organisation go, gone out and sort of shouted from the rooftops some of the, the help that's been afforded, but I do know that people went into some nearby towns, for example, and filled up utes full of air mattresses and um, and supplies and food and that and went and delivered them, not just to harness racing people, but to the whole community, community there in Yagara. Yeah. And they're not the things that most people are going to know about, but I'm going to tell people through this podcast, that's what Harness Racing New South Wales has done, not just for harness racing people, but for the whole town as part of the flood relief I campaign. And I feel really proud to work for an organisation that's done that. Yeah, yeah well, I think Mick Dumasey's got a lot to be thankful there too. I know yep. he's been on the front foot yep. um, rallying some troops Worked hard, hasn't and he? all yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. And yep. um, he's a good man, Mick, and um, it's good to see that he's doing good things there. Yeah. That, that's yeah. actually the best thing that I've seen this week was yeah. the creation of Team Flood Relief and seeing participants jump on board and offer throughout the month of December some of their own earnings to try and help the communities out there that have been affected. So yeah, it's just it's been horrible. So horrible. please get in touch with, our, with Harness Racing New South Wales, find out the ways that we can help you. But beyond that, there's government initiatives. There's, you know, the, the federal and state government um, funding relief programs and assistance packages, please access them. They're there. We we hear these stories about these unused grants from previous flooding episodes across New South Wales that people haven't accessed. It's there to help. Please please take advantage of it because um, we want to see people get back on their feet and, uh, you know, helps there. So don't do this alone. Now, Jess, what, what, as we've said, the harness racing industry does amazing things in, in philanthropic and charity work. And that one of the things that we did through November, uh, we're just at the, at the tail end of it. Uh, what are we? We've got the last day. We've got today's last, last day of it. Today, yes. yeah. uh, racing for prostate cancer. Where, where's that at? Yeah, so we've raised $10,800 from Success on the Track. Yeah. Tab have also thrown in a further $5,000. So that brings us up to 15800 we also have some other money raised from the Racing for Prostate Cancer Dinner, which we'll be announcing at the end of the campaign. But there's seven races left to go this afternoon, so hopefully some more number fours can score. A few number fours, yeah. It's a great initiative and, uh, and well done to everyone involved. Uh, on a Harness Racing New Wales Club and Angle, Tab Corps, obviously Allied Express have been involved. So, yeah, it's, it's fantastic the work that's been done there. And just a, a reminder that um, we're right on the, right on the deadline for – Licence renewals for drivers. We've met, this has been in the pipeline now for nearly 12 months where we've said this is coming at the end of 2022. You've got to get your licence renewals in. Now, if you don't get them in, what happens is, like any industry, any line of work, people go on holidays, they go on Christmas leave and, and that now. Harness racing industry continues, but the admin team have really got the sleeves rolled up there at headquarters at our office trying to get through all these and that backlog's going to cause problems. So please get them in. That's why that deadline is the 30th of November. Please get in and get that done. So uh, there's, the, there's the housekeeping side of things. Jess, you, you just mentioned about the best thing that you saw this week. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's the beauty of our sport. We do cool stuff outside of what happens on the track. Yeah, that's right. And even if it is from success on the track, everyone really bands together to help not only their own harness racing community, but the extended community. So well done to everyone involved there. But special mention to Mick Dumasey. He's really been driving it on social media and helping to get people on board. Yeah. Freddie? That's very a very hard act to follow. That and, is. And just yeah. echoing what you say, what you've all said about Mick. But I, I was thrilled to see a horse called Unfazed win on uh, Saturday. Charles Policina's done a really good job with this horse. Came across from New Zealand. Um has just, I think he's won, I think it's six now for, for, for Charlie. Um, sat outside them, did a good job. Sean Grayling uh, drove uh, in the absence of uh, Gavin, who was down driving the, the team in, uh, in, in uh, at Ballarat. And, uh, yeah, I just thought he's done a really good job with this horse. He's had a few issues when he first came across, but Charlie's worked them out and uh, ran fourth in that uh, carousel final. When the... Um <laughs> Win the young drivers race. Taylor Osborne So, so that's the sort of that's the caliber of uh, horse. Uh, he's he's proving to be a very handy horse. Just can't draw a gate. I think he's 
drawn 10 again on uh, on Saturday. He drew out wider on uh, Saturday just gone, but he's, he's doing a good job with him, Charlie. Yeah, I honestly think um, he's one horse. I've been pumping this horse's tyres mm. up for a long time, and I think he'll go through to free-for-all grade, and um, as long as his manners stay, stay all right, he They've can get a little They've been much better, haven't yeah, they, Jared? Yeah, he can yeah. get a little hot. Yeah. Um, mm. But I honestly think he, he'll match up to free-for-all grade. Yeah, outstanding. you got a, got something cool that you've seen this week, Jared? Oh, uh, only thing, I thought it was really good that um, Craig, um, what's his name, Craig Demler, his horse, O'Fortuna, to win the Trotters into Dominion Heat. Um, I know they've had a lot of trouble with his horse, and to see him get a heat at the end of Dominion. Big odds, uh, too. It was a big odds, I know. $41. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's obviously had a lot of ability, this horse, but had a few issues and for them to uh, put it together and... Get the win in the end of Dominion Heat. Didn't Jody Quinlan go back to back two in she a row did. there? That's a that's a nice night out, for, you know, um, on an inner Dominion night. I mean, two inner Dominion heats. Yeah, two great drives as well there, and she's been at the top level for uh, many years now. So it was great to see her salute on that big stage again. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, Jared. Normally in this segment we sort of sit down with our guest and we talk about the guest, but and we will. But I want to kick off with. Um, Obviously, Madrid has been a horse that has been um, on a lot of people's radar, and and you know one of the really really star um, young fillies across the country. Uh, there was some reference in recent weeks that Madrid might potentially go overseas. Where? What's the latest on Madrid? Um, well, she's just come back into work today, so she's um, she's come back into work, and we'll aim towards the um, the Ladyship Mile with her. Um, we know that she's probably not seasoned enough for that race yet. Like, um, we're not kidding ourselves there. Um, it's a big jump from where she's been racing into racing your likes, the ladies in red and um, them sorts of fillies or mares. But um, so where it stands at the moment, um, Trav's decided he's probably not going to sell her. He's going to keep her and um, send her over to America himself. Um, so just the logistics and everything will be sort of finalised within the next couple of weeks, I'd say. But at this stage, we'll probably look to run her through the Ladyship Mile series, um, try and ground her sort of some grounding for them better races. You know what I mean? She she, she knows she's getting thrown in at the deep end, so to speak. Um, but if we can drive her more conservative and just let her hit the line a couple of times, I think that'll... Um, suit her well for down the track but so then we'll get through that and go to Wagga to the um, series over Easter there the four and five year old mares race and then at this stage she'll look to go to America straight after that it'd be great to see her go around in the river in a championships yeah well that that at this stage that'll be the plan but um, yeah we'll, we'll know more within the next two weeks the logistics of when she's going to go to America and and that sort of thing so yeah gee that'd be sad to see her go I mean, she means so much to you, doesn't she? Yeah, she's been very good to me. She um, she come to me as a yearling that was doing everything wrong. Um, and then, yeah, to take her through to where she's got to now, I think she's won over 300,000 for, for us. So um, she's won two group ones and second in another one. Um, so, yeah, she's she's been a terrific filly for, for our stable. What a golden sort of... I mean, I've sort of been in and around this sport as an employee just under two years. And in that time, I've seen you have, you know, the couple of my ultimates, Madrid. You've really owned that two- and three-year-old patch. Like, you've been the preeminent trainer with some really elite two- and three-year-olds. Yeah, well, I guess people only see that the last couple of years. And it was the few years before that when we probably had the same amount of babies. But just, you know, when you're training sort of bigger numbers of babies it's a bit hit and miss you know you can have a few bad years and you know that's just what happens in that in that side of the the game you know um but fortunate to get a few good ones um the last couple of years and um hopefully this year's bunch of there's one or two amongst them we we sat down and we did some we, we had a really lengthy interview uh for the New South Wales Bread Show um, prior to the Breeders' Challenge Series, and we talked about your journey from being a driver who put some really good runs on the board and, and did really well, but you started to skew your career more towards training. Like, Can you talk me through what was the trigger for that? 
probably just losing the passion actually for driving. Um, I love driving. That's all I ever wanted to do when I was growing up. I never wanted to train really. Just wanted to drive. Um, but in saying that, no one's just going to go and put you on. You know, you've got to do the hard yards and you've got to muck stables out and do all that sort of thing. So, um, so yeah, what, when I come to Sydney, I wasn't interested in training. And then um, a few sort of smart guys said to me, you sort of going to have to pull your head in and learn how to train um, because when you lose your claim, it's going to be very difficult in Sydney. So um, when I... Just, I was working for Jimmy Brown there for a while. I'd worked for Peter Morris and then I went to Jimmy Brown's and Doug Willis's and um, I started getting one or two in work and then sort of just ended up getting one nice filly called um, Trumpy's Life, actually, and um, she won a fair few in a row. And um, I got suspended there for a while and uh, Ben Serena was driving her and the first couple of times he drove her, I was just that nervous. I couldn't even watch the race. I was like, who'd want to be a trainer, you know? Like, I can't even, <laughs> I can't even watch the race. Um, but then after he drove for her whole two-year-old career, might have been a three-year-old career, I think, and by the end of it, I was actually enjoying mm. not driving her. I was like, I'm actually really enjoying watching anyway. And then I started driving again and um, didn't. I still was training and driving and then – when we started to get a few bit better horses, I was and a bit bigger team. Um, I was like, "You're going to the races, having six and seven runners." I actually went to Queensland. That's when it was, and I took, I might have took ten horses to Queensland, and one night there, I think I had six or seven in. I just said, "I'm not driving them because <laughs> I, I just they're in running races," and I thought I'll just concentrate on um, on doing everything right in the barn. And I put Nathan Dawson on him, and we had a really good night. And I was like, "That's it." And from that day, I really haven't driven much. I'll drive the odd ones, and like this year's bunch of babies, I like driving the babies when they first go in the educations and that um, to know what they're doing right or wrong. Or um, I only said to the boys this morning, "I'm going to have to pull the whites out and maybe put a couple of holes, extra holes in the in, in the strides." But um, yeah, so because we've got a couple of babies that'll be not far off ready to trial, but. Um, yeah, I, I like getting on and driving the babies early on, just to to sort them out, um, and then and then just let Kim on, on them then. But um, yeah, I sort of even now, like I think I even forget what my last drive was. I come off the track and I said to my wife, "I don't even miss this," you know. Like, yeah. but sometimes you might jump on, you think, "Geez, I'll get the bug back," you know. But I, I actually didn't, and I was like, I just really enjoy training now. So you're doing I'll that. Stick. You're doing that bit very unless well, Kim mate. goes to America, and I got to. Yeah. I've got to jump, in, I've yeah. got to jump back in. We'll see what happens. You're doing that bit very well. Talking about your training career, you've had five Group 1 wins to your name. They've mainly been in juvenile races, Breeders' Challenge, APG finals, and you've also trained a, tr- a Group 1 winning trotter and drove that one there in the need for speed. But which race would you most like to win as a trainer? Oh, probably the Inter Dominion. Like, yeah, it's the race that you, you grew up with and I idolised Brian Hancock and... When we were younger, we went to Brian Hancock's and I think we spent about a month or six weeks down there with him and it's no secret to know that the success that he got with them, you just got to go and work with him and um, he's just, he's a genius and um, just, yeah, as I said, seeing what he done in the Inter Dominion and working for him for that little bit of time, it's just something I've always wanted to do. Yeah. Brothers, Rick and uh, Al. Al's a, a horseman in his own right and an equine dentist. Uh, Rick's got a great uh, record as a, as a trainer and driver. Uh, and then there's Jared. Is there a lot of competition? There's a bit of uh, sledge, a bit, or you all band together when, when needed. But yeah. in terms of being out there on the track, it's every man for himself when, yeah, you, when yeah. you're up against it. But a bit of sledge, a bit of fun, but... When needed, chips are down, you are there for each other? Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Um, and a lot of people don't know, too. We've got a sister as well. So oh, okay. Yeah, we've got a sister <laughs> as well, but she's not She's in not it. in the game? No, nah, no, nah, she doesn't like them one bit. So she's okay. uh, she's a physiotherapist, actually. Okay. So, yeah, there's the four of us, but Hannah, 
So she's the richest. Yeah, she will be, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, but, yeah, she's just had a, a little daughter, Frankie, yeah. at the moment, okay. so she's on maternity leave. But, yeah, no one really knows that we've got a got a sister, Hannah. Okay. I'm going to ask the question because I've asked you this before. And I, you probably know where I'm heading with this, but I'm going to ask the question because I've had a couple of people say, oh, you're, you're saying their name wrong. Um, you often get called Elchin. I refer to you as Elchin when I'm... Uh, you know, calling a race, I'll say trained by Jared Alchin. What is the correct, or is there a correct, or does it not matter? I guess it probably doesn't really matter, but um, we've always said Alchin. Alchin, yeah. Um, like, but even now, since coming to Sydney, I found myself saying Alchin. Okay, right. So, but I, we do say Alchin. It's Alchin? always been okay. Alchin. Well, I feel Nana, better now. Nana so Pop and yeah, everyone. Yeah. It's always been Alchin, but everyone in Sydney, since we've come to Sydney, is Alchin and. Even now, sometimes I'll find myself saying, saying it. Yeah. So. Well, for the yeah. narco had a track in, in Queensland, I was right. In Queensland, they put hay on the end yeah. of it. Alchin hay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Jared, you told me something really, really intriguing a little while back. You're allergic to horses. Yeah, I am. Uh, That's talks. why I've been rubbing my eyes the whole time I've been sitting here. Yeah, no, I... Uh, How does someone who's allergic to horses have a career in the horse, in the equine industry? Well, I didn't know I was allergic to them. I just thought I was getting bad mm. hay fever mm. all the time. And um, I was a while ago, I was getting, probably only two years ago, I was getting bad headaches. And um, so I went to an ENT specialist and they'd done the scratch test and uh, he come out, or oh, my arm blew right up where they injected the stuff and they said, um, oh, well, I hope you're not, um, don't have anything to do with horses. I said, oh, I'm a horse trainer. <laughs> and he goes, oh, you're taking the piss. He said, tell, he said, tell me really. I said, no, I, I am, I'm a horse trainer. He said, well... You might have to look for a new profession. I said, well, that's not happening. Just give me whatever I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I just take all the, the stuff every day and some days are worse than others. But um, So what are you on, just like a antihistamine in the morning or something yeah, like that? Yeah, just nose or? sprays and yep. tablets twice a day. And That makes two of us because I'm also allergic oh, really? to horses. Yeah, I've heard of other people too. It's, <laughs> I'm finding it's more and more prevalent Allergies. in an industry which just seems so <laughs> fascinating. This, this year seems yeah. worse than... Worse than other years too. I don't know whether it's because of the, all the rain and the pollen about, but it's really hammering me this week. Yeah. Well, mate, you're not allergic to, to training winners and having super success. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's fantastic to see you. You really are a rising star in the training ranks. I mean, I, I don't say that lightly. I think we can pretty accurately say that, can't we, Jess? Yeah, definitely. He's definitely one of our gun trainers here in the metropolitan region and I know he's doing everyone back home in Tamora very proud. Yeah, and obviously the premiership table, you talked about the driver's premiership. Uh, was that half an eye with one and a half eyes on the premiership for the trainers? Or? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I actually don't know why I was looking at that. But no, I'd, we don't train big enough numbers to sort of to feature in the, in the premierships too much, but I mainly pride ourselves on our strike rate. Um, I think last time we looked, we're up around the thirty percent at the moment, and that's something I pride myself on. Um, that just that every whether it be a, a rating up to forty eight race, or whether it be a metro race or a Group One race, it doesn't matter as long as your horse is competitive every time it goes around. Um, that's a thing that I pride myself and the stable on. Um, we, as I said, we don't work big enough numbers to feature too heavily in the premierships, but um, yeah, as long as as long as they're consistent, and um, yeah, if one of mine goes bad, I'm dirty all night. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, just on on stats, um, your percentage in terms of in the money in your career is somewhere around forty nine percent. That's got to be a stat you're very proud of. You know, pretty much one in two horses you're throwing out there on the track is is coming back with good good earns. Yeah, and that's something I've always pride myself on, because mm. um, when you when you aren't working big numbers, and I've never wanted to work huge numbers. How so many have you got? Uh, we've always we've got twenty at the moment, 20. but we've always got around the twenty to thirty, twenty five. But a lot of them at the time are babies, you know what I mean. So we don't have a lot of racehorses, you know. I think this year we might have started out with twenty yearlings. So um, we had to sell a lot of racehorses here about a month ago. I think we sold ten racehorses um, to make room for the babies. So um, I think at the moment we might only have. I think we've only got three horses racing at the moment. So, you know, that's oh, – so I just want them to be competitive every time they go around. And you're doing it all out of the Menangle Training Centre. Makes it all possible? 
Yeah, no, it's great setup there. You know, we um, I've lived in Menangle for eighteen years now, um, so I've sort of lived here as much as I've lived in Tamora. Now I'm thirty six, so um, this is home. Well, Glen Alpine just up the road's home, and I've trained across the road in three different spots across the road when I first started out, and um, when the position come available up at the barns, I jumped that jumped straight into that position and um, yeah, haven't looked back. You know, they've got the water walker and treadmill access and three tracks. It's um terrific setup. If you can't train winners here, you're a bad trainer. So how much of the, you know, Fred alluded to the, the great strike rate that, that you've got. How much can we attribute to great facilities and great setup and the ability to train really well like you've got available? There? Oh, no, that's it's got a lot to do with it, you know. Next Happy minute, horses. Yeah, that's right. Um if your horses are happy, they're going to go. And if you, um, like if you got sore horses all the time, because you know we got, if you have got one that's a little bit sore, well, you just go and whack it on the water walker for a week or ten days and get all the soreness out of it. And it's a lot of, a lot of other trainers don't have that access to that facilities. Right. So, quick comment: um, the, the couple of my ultimates that have done so well for you, Byron and Ronnie. Quick comment on where with the plans are with them. Um, yep, they've they've both come back into work now. Um, Ronnie, he had his far, first fast work back this morning. Um, he'll head towards the Chariots of Fire, hopefully. That'll be his main aim. We did contemplate taking him to New Zealand, but it's just um, logistically was probably going to be a little bit too difficult, and then he probably couldn't have gone there and then come back and raced in the Chariots because he wouldn't have had any time off. Um, and as it's been well documented, he's not the soundest horse going around, although I think he's very sound at the moment. Um, and Byron, he's the same. He's come back. He'll have his first fast work back next week. Um, I think you just got to forget his last two runs. He he worked up terrific. He'd had three terrific runs, and then I think he started $1.40 or 50 in the semi-final for the three-year-old boys and um, went terrible. He ran fifth, and um, he just pulled up a little bit jaded, and then we'd got a blood done and his blood wasn't the best and we tried to push on for the final, which in hindsight we should have just stopped then and not worried about the final. And he went around the final and he wasn't a shadow of himself. So he had three weeks off and he's come back and he looks amazing and um, he'll go he'll go to the, towards the chariots and just see where we end up. I think he'll probably end up in America at some stage as well, I think. The way that they race over there will really suit his mm. racing pattern. Um, sort of, I'd say maybe even Scotty and Jody might even look to race him over there themselves as well. Fantastic. Two horses that certainly caught the imagination through their two-year-old campaign and, and, and again as, as three-year-olds. So, Jared, great to have you on the show, mate. All right, this week. Uh, Jared, you've got one in this afternoon that uh, is a... Um, Early market favourite Dublin Chubb. Who hasn't gone to Dublin and come back a little bit, a uh, little bit more chubby? I, I, I um, yeah, must be something in the black beer that they serve over there, Fred. I, I don't know. Love a good Guinness. Yes, that's my excuse. That. I'm sticking to it. What are we making at Dublin Chubb this afternoon, Jarrett? Uh, he's got plenty of ability, but he's got a fair few head issues. Mm. Uh, if he does everything right, he should win. Um, he come to me um, with doing plenty wrong. Um, and he'd just been so good in track work, and I stepped him out at the trials, and he was dangerous. Kim mm. <laughs> Kim didn't know what was going on. <laughs> he come back and said, "You better make a few adjustments." And we did that, and um, he was faultless the other day yep. at at the races. And um, yeah, I, I think if he goes like that, he'll be winning again. And good stuff. Carter, so, my ultimate Carter, it'll improve. Yeah, I think he'll improve a long way. He. Um, he was a two-year-old racing the older horses yeah. last week, and he is again today. But he's just a little lost in front last week, and um, the the uh, form out of that race stood up with um, Shark Dancer winning yesterday. It ran third in that race, so mm. I actually think he's he's my best chance of the day, probably the two-year-old. All right, seven races this afternoon, Fred. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. Um, I've tipped both of Jared's horses, so hopefully I haven't given him the, the kiss of death <laughs> there, the but I think uh, we'll see them both <laughs> both perform well. 
I, I stick solid, mate. I stick solid. Albury tonight. We've got Bathurst Wednesday as usual. Tamworth and Penrith on Thursday. Young and Newcastle on Friday. And Newcastle's on Monday as well. Eight races at Menangle Saturday night, Jess. Yeah, no, and a nice group three um, there for the mares in the teeny, teeny stakes. And Total Diva, she's looking to make it t- three in a row. Okay. All right. Well, there is, uh, you know, as we said, it, it's also created a great opportunity for people who don't necessarily get the recognition or the spotlight or the, you know, the drives that they, they normally get that with the, with the inner dominion on, and as Jared said, you know, the, the first six on the premiership table are, are unavailable, which means we're going to see like, you, you know, oh, Joshy Gallagher's going to go around. I mean, Josh Gallagher won the, the inner dominion last year. Right here, you know, Will Ricks and Chris Geary's, all these type of guys. I know a couple of the boys from the bush are coming up. I know Jack's gone home, but he's going to come back this week. Yeah, Blake Jones will be here. Blake Jones, yep. so. Yep. Just while, while we've got you on and talking Saturday, Regal Attire went around and was very well supported in the trot on uh, Saturday and, and ran sixth. Um, had a pull up. You weren't, you weren't happy. Yeah, no, I, was, yeah. I was real dirty on him. <laughs> <laughs> so... so uh, Will will drive him again on Saturday, uh, Barry. Uh, I'll get a blood done of him on Wednesday, but yep. I think it was a case of me being too easy on him. Right, okay. He, um, he raced in Queensland. I was actually, really, even though he didn't run anywhere in Queensland, I was really happy with him yep. because he sat in the death that day. And then he come back here and raced last week and he ran home in 27.3 and Kim mm. said it was the best he'd ever felt. Mm. So I thought, oh, he's racing three weeks in a row. I don't want to kill him during the week. And he can cop a little bit of work. Yep. So I was very easy on him last week and I've, I think uh, he's going to have a very hard. So he had a bit of a week. bit of a bludge on you. You're <laughs> yeah. saying so he's, he's he you're making a, up for it this week. He had a good blow, <laughs> and uh, he's uh, he's going to cop it this week. So we'll probably see a better better well, horse. I, yeah. I hope. I think he gets in a sort of race where he should be very competitive yep. in. Um, so yeah, I'll get a blood done of him tomorrow and just make sure everything's all right. Which I think it is. I think yep. he just had a had a bludge on me. But um, the other little mare that I got off Jack. Mm. I, I know she's stepping up in grade. Um, delightful angel in that teeny teeny stake. So. I oh, know, I worked her this morning, I really like her. So um, she's probably a little bit outgraded there, but I think give her a few runs in that grade and I reckon she might step up to it. Great. Well, one we should mention, uh, Chloe Formosa is going to have her first Metropolitan Drive here at Menangle on Saturday night too. Um, her dad Michael's in here this afternoon. Again, you know, great. We're seeing some of our regional drivers come to town and you know, take advantage of the opportunities that are available. Well, Jared, I don't know. Maybe you just tipped us into into one that you think is uh, is one to keep an eye out for in our Black Booker segment. Oh, no, no I don't like have, tipping any of mine because... Have you got one <laughs> for us? i mock on them. Actually, I don't, I'm not actually tipping this horse, but one of Ricky's, it's been absolutely flying in the in the uh, free-for-alls at Kid Montana. Every week it's breaking the clock. I think if it just can draw a barrier in... in uh, it's in again in the free-for-all Saturday night, mm. um, but... If it can just draw a barrier in one of them races or drop back to that grade below, it'll be winning. It's uh, it's absolutely flying, I reckon. All right, Jess, before you say a word. <laughs> now, as we've said, anyone who follows our podcast has actually been steered into some pretty good winners. Let's let's be honest. And we're not we're not saying that just to give ourselves a pat on the back. Now you might have uh, you might have clocked this beyond any expectations. <laughs> Go on, tell us the story. I, ba- I black book sporting rage a few weeks ago for Bruce Harpley and had one start, I think, around about midfield fifth. And then on Friday at Wagga, comes out, wins, paid $54 on Ooh, the toe. Happy days. And then, and then in the last, <laughs> yes. so much better, was one of my black bookers from quite a few weeks ago as well and one paid $6. So on fire. Very on fire. happy day on the punt. I'm doing a lap of honour around the Penrith broadcast <laughs> box, which isn't very big, I might point out, when Paint Me A Reason, my black booker won Last Thursday, um, well, two Thursdays ago, she then came out and paid eight bucks the place on, on Thursday just gone. I'm thinking, oh, how good's this? <laughs> Jess comes out and tips a 50 to 1 winner. <laughs> yeah. like, that yeah. just trumps everyone. Absolutely on fire. <laughs> so, <laughs> drop, we, do we have a drum roll? We need a drum roll. Hang on. <laughs> no, that's not oh, a drum roll. It's, that's, it's just the drums. Right. Yeah. It was a pretty long applause. It was yeah. a good, yeah. <laughs> Best applause. Outstanding, Jess. Well done. I hope, Thank some, you. Of the, I hope some of the listeners got, a, got around mm-hmm. it. As we said, like... Um, and Caligula, your like yes, Caligula came Calig- out yeah. one again. Oh, the Wonder Horse, <laughs> the Wonder Horse. Gee, we've um, Jared, you've, you've got one of the first, so I, we we can't keep this show going too much longer because uh, you've got to get uh, you've got a horse ready. Uh, you've got to get a horse ready for the first. Sorry, I'm 
talking broken biscuits here. But second, we're, we've got a bit of time. You're in the like, second, are I mean, you? Oh, so oh, let's, let's just relax yeah, and we'll go for another <laughs> half hour. Yeah, I, but, no, but we're all right. But we all, we're all got our pens ready for Jess's Black oh, Booker. Yes. Yeah, so what have we got this week? So this week, I've had him from Penrith last week. It's had three starts. It hasn't run anywhere. But Solero for Johnny, Will, Johnny Wheeler and Will Rickson drove it on that occasion. It went the quickest last half, even though it went last. And I think if it steps back into maiden grade, it, it could thread in there. So Solero. Wow. Well, you've set the bar high. So um, whether they're going to get $50 yeah, or whatever, I don't know. But, yeah. uh, you know, if you're listening, keep an eye because Jess is on fire lately with their black book because you've been doing well too, Fred. I'm sticking with Electra Paul. Ran a good fourth on uh, Saturday. Didn't get a lot of luck up the straight. In fact, it was a real checkered passage for Sean Grayling. Again, unfortunately, draws out deep um, barrier 10. Uh, but I, again, I think this is a race where you'll see her with a, with a good run in transit and a bit of luck in the straight. She can, uh, she can improve on that fourth. Electra. My black booker is not a horse. Oh, we have got something really, really, and I'll say, I'll say really again, really exciting for the entire equine harness racing industry next week. We're launching early next week. I'm going to leave it at that. Oh, come on. It is Don't. You have to give us a little clue. Incredibly Feed exciting. <laughs> it is a game changer in my opinion. I can't wait to launch it. It's uh, something that's been in play now for about five or six months. So keep an eye out early next week. It is super exciting. Can't wait for it to be out there. because Hopefully it's uh, twos in training. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to pump that up. It's going to be – I can't wait. I can't wait. I think this is going to be so good for the industry. Uh, so keep an eye out early next week. Um, Jared, thanks for giving up your time. Uh, I know it's hard on, and, and particularly when you've got horses that are in this afternoon. Best of luck with them. But thank you so much for giving up your time. It's been great to hear some of your thoughts and opinions on the industry no and, and how your stable's going. Thanks for having me. Fred, good to see you again. I, yep. I, I'm sorry yeah, I left you in the lurch last week, right. mate. That's all right. We, we were going to carry on without you, but we thought we can't we can't go on without our leader, our didn't fearless know how to, leader. Didn't know how to and I didn't know what button on. to press, so all sorts. Jess, great to see you again. Thank thanks, you. thanks for that. To everyone out there listening, please make sure you give us a like, follow, share something. If you want to leave a positive review, we would welcome that. Please tell everyone about the Sprint Lane because we love bringing you this show and we'd love to get the numbers up and make sure more people hear about the great things that are happening in harness racing across New South Wales. We'll be back next week. We will see you then.